What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more terrible wrestling takes. Here we go. Here we go. SmackDown's all finished. Survivor Series coming up. I tell you, this this SmackDown was not a great go-home show for a pay-per-view. And kind of left me left me wondering on a few things. Uh, so let's just do a little all-encompassing. Great match, of course, between Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. I mean, those, those two guys could wrestle for, for four hours and, and we would be highly entertained. Murphy got a win. Um, I, I, I appreciate the finish. Murphy looked a little bit strong at the end there when a little had a little too much energy. Looked like he had a little bit too much energy when it came to the finish of that match. But you know, hey, he's uh he's made the family proud. Uh, therefore, he'll have a great Thanksgiving next Thursday. Um, I don't know. It's hopefully a good. Uh, ho- hopefully, it's the payoff. Uh, you know, we are, we're all seeing how how ready Seth is to to get back home. So. You know, hopefully after Survivor Series, Seth is going to be off TV until he's ready to come back. Maybe Royal Rumble time, uh, maybe a little bit after, I don't know. But I would imagine Royal Rumble return for Seth would be pretty epic. And then you would just turn him face at that point. Um, But if there's going to be nobody in the crowd, then, you know, maybe he stays heel. So it's all on how they feel like portraying him instead of our crowd reaction at that point. Um, You know, uh, another another decent match. the show started out. This was cool about SmackDown. Um, they they started out with the Street Profits in the the Champions Lounge, and and Big E uh, surprising them with his with his Undertaker gimmick, and and they they had such an obvious thing happen where the the New Day was in the ring, and and the all the you know people started coming out. Ziggler, Rude. Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, all this shit, and then um, I, I don't even—I don't know why I didn't see it coming. I don't know why I didn't see it coming, but it turned out the New Day and Street Profits were tag teaming against Rude Ziggler, Corbin, and Zayn, and it was so obvious. It was so obvious that was going to happen, and and I just—I didn't pick up on it. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, you surprised me. It was a good match that they had, and uh, to someone's point, uh, maybe Rosenberger. I'm sure it's a common opinion anyway. Uh, for Survivor Series, why wouldn't you just team up the New Day and the Street Profits and go against the Hurt Business? Because that's the best four-on-four Survivor Series match you can make. I think I think it's a great idea, but I'm okay with what we're gonna get because you know there's only six matches listed plus the Undertaker ceremony of whatever that's gonna be. And I think with with six matches, they've they've done around what the the you know two hour and fifteen two-and-a-half-hour pay-per-views. Street Profits and New Day will probably get New Day Uso time. So they'll get a good 18 to 22 minutes, maybe longer, to just go at it. And that's the right choice, for sure. For sure. Now, the rest of the night for SmackDown was about setting up the Survivor Series teams. And we picked Otis, or Adam Pierce picked Otis to go on the men's team, and he picked Bailey to go on the women's team, and then Natty had to earn a spot. And I'm a, I am a little shocked that, that Big E isn't on the men's team. And I'll tell you why. That 
the way we as wrestling fans think, it's like, well, why not? So then spinning out of control, there's just going to be no way Big E fucks with Woods and, and Kofi during the match, right? He's not going to be out ringside making sure everything's cool. Like, he gets to come out with them again. That's that's my whole thing, right? You know, they'll do the all Survivor Series and Biggie's on the mic and they come out together and Biggie's at ringside. Uh, that visual, man, that thought, it, it just sends me in the wrong direction. Because since the breakup, Biggie's had what, one match? He's not qualified on Survivor Series. He's not part of the men's team. If he's going to be standing there ringside with the New Day, it, this this might be them giving us too little too late of some type of Biggie putting hands on a new day and I'm not no, I'm not looking forward to that that's not what I want to see so I, I don't know I'm, I'm I'm a little weary of, of that happening uh, other than that I mean I, I, another really good match by Jay Uso and this one was against Daniel Bryan again and again WWE's got to stop with this they're they're cooling off Jey Uso. I mean, he he was rising to the moon, and then he steps by Roman Reigns' side, and he he looks like a scrub. Why? Why? He he turned on Daniel Bryan after a win without acknowledging him the chief. Then he then he uh uh then he he beats down Daniel Bryan because he acknowledges it. Uh, Roman as chief, and then he beats Kevin Owens for stepping out of line, and then he loses to Drew McIntyre, then he loses again to Daniel Bryan, clean, both times, no bullshit, why, why, so, I, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm wondering why they're calling off Jay, it doesn't make sense to me, they, if you, you start calling him main event Jay, and he can't win a match, figure that one out. Figure that one out. You want to invest in superstars. You want to build brands. You want to build. You want to build wrestlers. Well, you you just took Jay away. In in, in essence, you know. Now we'll see how much steam he gets back at Survivor Series. So that's about you know the the little notes I got on SmackDown. Nothing, which I find weird that they gave us kind of nothing. You know. Um. I mean, they they gave us Sasha Asuka, and it was just so Carmella could jump Asuka or jump Sasha again. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Sasha just went through the most grueling feud that she's had with Bailey, and she keeps getting snuck by Carmella. Why? Why? Sasha right now, and and, and shouts to Sasha because she put out there on Twitter. I wonder how many of you guys agree. She said that her competition is Roman. And that's a hell of a way to look at yourself as a character because she said that Roman's getting more screen time than her, so she wants screen time. And that's that's what they should be doing. Her entertainment value has gone through the roof in this, this feud with Bailey. So keep it up. Give us more. But why does she keep getting snuck and is constantly on the floor? She, she should be presented as dominance. I mean, honestly, take a look at it this way. When she does her cocky arrogantness, she comes off as a heel, and she promotes herself as a badass champion. Doesn't that sound like Drew McIntyre? Why not just position her as they do Drew McIntyre and let her become herself, someone who can out-wrestle anyone on their best day, 
and can beat anyone on their best day. That's exactly what Drew McIntyre does and says. So have her position that way instead of having her, you know, be a little too cocky, a little too arrogant. It makes her seem like a heel. So you have to beat her down from behind to gain sympathy. It's I think they're playing this the wrong way. So that I mean that's just my opinion. So again, other than that, not not much happening on SmackDown. Uh, but but let's let's take a look at Survivor Series. We'll go through this card match by match. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown on the men's side. AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle versus Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. Now, on paper, this is this is a complete wash of Raw over SmackDown. The, the, the wrestlers as a whole are way better on Raw than they are on SmackDown. But they've been selling this dysfunction on the Raw side that makes me think that Raw doesn't have a chance because there's no unity. And the only thing that's been happening with the SmackDown team is that they, they're they not presented on TV together at all. So you have one team trying to come together and can't, and the other team not coming together at all. So they're not showing you any kind of chemistry. So very interesting. Very interesting what, what we're going to get out of that. And it almost seems like nothing. So we'll see. Uh, but I would go with I would go with Team SmackDown. I, I still am on the, the SmackDown suite bandwagon. I don't know how Sami Zayn beats Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby Lashley's been been looking too good. Uh, he's he's really he hasn't been compromised. Let's put it that way. He hasn't been compromised at all. Not in character. Not in performance. Not in promo. Nothing. Not in positioning. Nothing. So maybe the SmackDown sweep isn't going to happen. Uh, it should be a good match. Like I said, I remember the. All the stuff that Sammy and, and Bobby did before, it was it was entertaining. It was the best babyface Bobby Lashley that we had. Uh, and we're getting heel versus heel. So so who knows? Maybe they make a handshake deal and just drink beers together or something, which might actually be better. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I, I'm actually thinking Bobby Lashley here. Uh, Sammy Zayn can lose and not lose anything because he can easily come out on Friday and go, I was robbed. I was caught from behind, or it was an illegal, whatever. I mean, that's what Sami Zayn does. You know, his his character work is incredible. So I, I would go with Bobby Lashley over Sami Zayn. There, I'm going Team SmackDown on the men's side. Uh, the women's women's is a very interesting one too. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce versus Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Natty. And I I like the SmackDown women's team here. I think this is where we get Bianca Belair to shine. My bad on getting my prediction wrong. Uh, I thought Ray Ripley was going to be on the SmackDown women's team. Not happening. Uh, be interesting to see if she ends up in the War Games match. I don't see why not. But this is where Bianca Belair gets gets her Royal Rumble treatment again. Let her go off. Let her let her be positioned to just be a star. But I want you guys to kind of understand that we don't have a secondary women's title. So we can't push everybody. We can't we can't make everyone a star. Because it if you if you don't have a title, then you're pushing for personal beef, for moral ethics, which means that you need great actors going against each other in the ring and you need to be hooked 
24-7 on what they do, not just the chase for the title. Because if there's no chase for the title, then it's not up to the announcers to make sure you get there. Like, I remember when, when Austin first started the Stone Cold gimmick after the, 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 the ringmaster where he was the million-dollar champ. And, and Jim Ross would constantly go, he's got ice water in his veins. He's cold-hearted. He's a rattlesnake. And Jim Ross was the one telling you the story on who Steve Austin was and why, why he is doing what he's doing. But when when you're trying to build these, and I guess they could kind of do the same thing, but they can't do it for both sides, you know. So so how do we get everyone to care about Bianca Belair, and she's not going for a title? Because you can't. You gotta. You gotta give Sasha the time. This is her turn. Becky's had hers. Bailey's had hers, and Charlotte's had all of them. This is Sasha's time. Oscar's had hers too. Why is, why is Sasha the fifth one out of this getting her turn? Asuka and Bailey came up after Sasha did. So why is Sasha why is Sasha not getting her turn to go for 300 days with the title? Maybe Sasha can make Bianca Belair a star. Bianca Belair has the presence. Her mic work needs to slow down. She talks too fast. She talks too segmented. Imagine that, fast and slow at the same time. She has, she has more dead space in between the things she says, and she says it so fast that you have to piece them both together. She needs to slow down and tell us the story, get us to buy in. Her athleticism is incredible. Her moveset, everything she does, it's, it's, it's very, very well done. But who's going to tell us the story to make us believe that she can beat Sasha? You know, you look at Nia Jax, she can beat up every woman in the locker room, but why should we care? It's the same thing. Same thing. Bianca Belair is the best athlete, maybe on both sides, of men's and women's. But why should we care? So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Show us how dominant you are. Have Corey Graves and Michael Cole tell you how great she is. And, and then transition this into a secondary feud of some sorts. Maybe this is where... They were sowing the seeds last night that Bianca Belair and Bailey are going to have a program coming out of this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to something like that because we have to put Bianca Belair in position to become that single star. This is where we make Bianca Belair. So hopefully that's what happens. I do see Team SmackDown winning. Uh, I, I, the Team Raw has got all kinds of shit going on as well. I I don't want to see the Lana table spot at Royal Rumble. I, I do think that should be a Raw specific thing. I think they should stop fucking counting. I've said that before. I'll say it again. If Raw comes around and they count again, I don't want to see it happen. I don't want to see it happen. If Lana goes through the table by Nia at Survivor Series, I have a big problem with that. If she doesn't end... See, that's, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you reinsert the surprise. You say, and Lana didn't even go through a table. And then she goes through it without them counting on Raw. That makes sense because you keep it Raw specific. All right, uh, next match I, I got here, the New Day versus the Street Profits. I mentioned it before. I, th- I think this is your, your most likely, most likely match of the night if they get the time. If they get... 22 plus minutes this is going to be match of the night as long as everyone lands their spots 
I, I think Big E was absolutely correct saying that Xavier Woods is the most underrated wrestler. I remember when I was watching the New Day, and I'm a contrarian by nature. So I'm going to pay more attention to the person not pushed as, pushed as much. So like when Paige, Paige, Becky, and I'm sorry, when Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha came up, and Charlotte was the flair, and everyone's talking about Sasha. I'm like, well, who's Becky? Turns out I made a good choice because I followed Becky with more intention because nobody else was giving her that attention. So the same thing with the New Day. Nobody was giving Woods the attention. It was everybody was familiar with Big E and Kofi from their title runs and everything. Let me let me pay attention to Xavier. Now, I, he's not as good as the other two. He he's not. But what he's not is trash because he's he's really good and he's deceptively athletic because he seems too thick to be as as fast and agile as he is. So, um, you know, shouts to Xavier Woods. Um, uh, but I do like, here's what I like about what, what's happening with the New Day, uh, is, is them being definitively different, that, you know, the constant tag team now is Woods and Kingston. You know, Kofi and Xavier Woods are going to always be the tag team now. And, and that's a great thing. And imagine them without the titles telling stories and building up other tag teams the way, you know, the Dudleys did when they came back. Um, but I like this match, I, and, and, and I hope it goes on for, like I said, about 22, 25 minutes. Give us that that Uso New Day shit that we used to get, uh, that, that honestly the tag team division has been missing. And then after they, you know, handle their business, they'll, they'll build up tag teams on, on their respective sides. Uh, Asuka versus Sasha. I said this either last week or the week before. I, I expect this to be match of the night just because I love women's wrestling. But these two women, Sasha has never been higher. And I, I don't want to say better because she's always been really good. But I think right now it's the most complete she's been. And Asuka hasn't had uh, a quality opponent in a long time as far as time on TV, actual banging it out with each other. Now, yes, she's, I mean, she's wrestled Sasha and Bailey this entire year, but I think this isolated focus right now is, is probably the best case scenario for these two. There's no Bailey in the wings, none of that shit. This is just the two of them back and forth, whatever. And, and I think this, this should be awesome. Uh, somewhere between, I don't know, 13 and 18 minutes uh, should be about right. If they gave us a half hour, I wouldn't be mad at that either. But it, it should be a great match. It's Like I said, it's Sasha at her most complete and Asuka with the time and attention that she deserves per match. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Uh, there's going to be a dual brand battle royal. That's dope. You know, Let's get everybody on TV and see what happens. I don't care who wins. I don't think anybody care who wins. Um, you know, but hey, we get everyone on TV, so let's let's see what kind of madness comes out of that. Um, and then the story of the night: uh, Reality Roman versus Drew McIntyre. I mean, the promo that that Roman put out on 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 SmackDown, man. I, I tell you, when he when he told Adam Pearce to move, so he could sit at the head of the table without saying words. I, I put on Twitter symbolism. Symbolism. That's all it was. And then, of course, they 
had to lay it out for you and say it, but you know, Roman sitting at the head of the table during a contract signing was was a visual we never get at contract signings. And I thought it was fantastic. And and he he shit all over Drew in the promo. But he did it as as the tribal chief. Now he's starting to Roman's starting to come off a little delusional to me. The way he's speaking, the way he's using his words, it's it's with this floating arrogance, if that makes any sense. He just seems to be in his head as opposed to supremely confident. Like when he stands there and gives you no words, there's this supreme confidence. But when he's when he starts to talk the way he did against Drew, it's like with this veil, like rose-colored glasses. So I'm a little concerned about the way he's kind of seeing things. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more proof in the pudding. I would like to see him a little bit more domineering, a little bit more dominant the way he was when he when he signed at the top of the ramp and then went down and beat Braun and Bray. We, we haven't seen that kind of Roman. It's all been the, don't you see, this is my house thing. And, and I get it, but I want more proof. I want more proof. And maybe we get that here. Maybe we get that here against Drew McIntyre. Uh, this very well could be matching tonight, of course. Absolutely could be. I would doubt anything besides Asuka and Sha- Sasha, Drew and Roman, or the tag match being match of the night. But, you know, this 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 champion versus champion match should be should be pretty fucking intense. I mean, Drew McIntyre over the last two weeks has been given his powers back, it seems. Um, I, I hated the fact on Raw that he won with one Claymore, but if that means he's got his powers back, okay. Um, but I don't know what that means for this match. And if he beats Roman, then we have some real problems. But I, I don't see that happening. We'll probably get that Roman low blow finish. Uh, and we'll see. And we'll see. But the biggest, the biggest hype of the night is that it's Undertaker's 30. And I've heard a couple things. And I like all three of them. And the only one I'm going to say is the one that I think is obvious and should happen. The other two, I'm a little mad that I saw them. So now there's a a hint of me that if they happen, I won't be surprised. And I don't like that. But yeah, to me, the obvious is is The Fiend. The Fiend hasn't been promoted for, for Survivor Series. And I was talking to a buddy at work. And, and we were talking about Alexa and The Fiend and everything that's happening and, and my thoughts and all that shit. And, and, you know, like I said on the podcast, there's this thing with Bray right now where he's just inching and inching and inching too close to the title. And I think we all agree that The Fiend doesn't need the title the same way The Undertaker never needed the title. So, therefore, we have already anointed The Fiend as the next Undertaker. So there's one last person that needs to do that. And that is the Undertaker. So Undertaker versus Fiend in some type of cinematic match where the torch gets passed, literally, figuratively, whatever it needs to be, I would love to see that. It would be just the best. I mean... What was it? Uh, the Brothers of Destruction documentary. Watch it. It was pretty cool. Uh, Kane, Kane had asked Undertaker about the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania. And he said, and, and Undertaker said, when he was told that Brock was going over, 
He said, I don't think Brock needs it, but okay, it's for the business. And he thought maybe Roman needed it. But this is the one where it really needs to happen. And it's the full passing of the torch of Undertaker to The Fiend. Because I, I said this to my buddy at work. Whatever's going on with The Fiend and Alexa, I like it. They need to tread lightly and execute properly. And if they do that, no problem whatsoever. But for Bray, this Fiend gimmick is the end game. There is nothing else he has to do in his career. There is no more rebranding that he needs to do. He might he might be able to tweak the Fiend here and there, or he can even do Undertaker style and and come out of the Fiend and do something. And then, you know, two years after doing that, we get the the screeching and Bray becomes possessed, and the next week we see him. Or the next time we see him, he comes back out as the Fiend. I mean, this is his Undertaker. And it's his endgame. It is Bray's defining moment of his career. But for Alexa, this isn't her endgame. This is not her defining moment. It will be a, a high, high feather in the cap for her as this thing develops to where it's going. But I don't, I don't see this as the last thing she'll ever do in WWE. Why would it be? She's... She's differently talented than this. She doesn't have to do this. I do think she's perfect for it, but she can't tie herself to Bray's gimmick for the rest of her career. I don't I don't see the value in that. I don't. I don't see the value in that. But you know, with that being said, I do think I do think that that we end up with with a Bray a Bray takeover of what this event is. I would actually like to see Roman as well. Because rumor has it that, you know, uh, the Undertaker's whole crew is going to be there. And I would love nothing more than Rikishi, who's part of the Undertaker's crew, a good friend of his, step to Roman somehow and be put in his place, either by his son or by Roman. by or Or have Rikishi acknowledge Roman as the tribal chief. Because the parents did. So, very interesting. There's a lot that could play out in Survivor Series. Other than that, I'm just looking forward to it. Should be good. I'll probably do a Survivor Series Raw recap show. Unless Survivor Series is just that dope, I'll do Survivor Series by itself. Uh, There's a chance. There's a chance that it is that dope. Uh, So, we'll see. So, with that being said, review if you do. Rate if you feel. Follow me. At TW Takes Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.